From Audio Boom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers, and top secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows. You're listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Do you remember the incident back in 2009 when a plane was ditched on a river and everybody survived. It was fantastic, was it not? It, it was an amazing story. Uh, six minutes worth of flying time, and they've turned it into a movie that runs a little bit over an hour and a half. This will indeed be a neat trick. Does it work, my friend? Well, it reveals things that I had no idea about. I mean, I thought you knew every single aspect of this story. Experienced pilot has the wherewithal to ditch on the Hudson River in New York, save all 155 people on board. What could possibly be more straightforward than that when it comes to creating a faithful narrative, you may well ask? He was immediately hailed a hero. How could there be enough to make a full-length feature film? Hey, Alex, how could there be enough to make a full-length feature film? Because there's a lot you didn't know. That's the answer. And Clint Eastwood, who directs this, has answered this with acuity and distinction. So, January 15, 2009, The Miracle on the Hudson. Captain Sullenberger. His nickname is Sully. Remember that, that hairy creature in the Disney <laughs> Sully that was Monsters Inc.? Nothing to do with this movie. No, my friend. He's not blue. Was it it was blue, wasn't he? Sully? Bluey green, sort of turquoise, oh, yeah. perhaps, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is the Tom Hanks role. By the way, I have it on good authority because Captain Sullenberger has a shock of white hair. And Tom Hanks has a shock of white hair appropriately for this movie. And apparently Tom Hanks was stopped in the street because people thought he was the real captain, even though he doesn't really look like the real captain apart from the shock of hair. So that's what right hair and makeup can do for an actor. I like that. Anyway, having said that, Captain Sullenberger guided, glided his disabled plane onto the frigid waters of the Hudson River. But even as Sully was being heralded by the public and the media for this unprecedented feat of aviation skill, an investigation was unfolding that actually threatened to destroy his reputation and career. Can you believe it? It saved 150 passengers and five crew. No, but there's always someone who knows better. Well, usually I... Well, I wouldn't say usually, but often the investigation is when a plane has fallen to the ground somewhere or crash-landed and there's very few, if any, to tell the tale. So... They do it on flight simulation and so on. And that's what they did on this occasion. I'm, I'm talking about, obviously, there's an investigation when something like this happens. You don't just ditch a plane for no reason. But the national safety people, the National Transportation Safety Board in the United States, were the ones investigating Captain Sullenberger and, and what he had done. And a lot of it was based upon what a simulation would show. Because, of course, the two engines went out. And bear in mind that this was... Oh, it was 2,800 2, feet, which is not all that high. Yeah, and there's not and, a lot of height. And these things, despite the fact that they're very well aerodynamic, aerodynamically designed, they don't actually fly all that well once you turn the engines off. 
No. Well, apparently you count to 90, right? So it's 90 seconds after takeoff, and then you breathe a bit of a sigh of relief because I suppose birds don't fly higher than that. But on this occasion, a flock of birds struck US Airways Flight 1549 and took out both engines, and, and that's what caused this forced water landing. By the way, they had little more than 200 seconds. Now, what's that? Three and a half minutes. Three, to make half, yeah, a, three and a half, four minutes, yeah. To make a decision about whether to where to go. Because they, they could have turned back to LaGuardia if they thought they would have made it, or they could have gone to another airport. But the captain obviously felt that it was not appropriate because they, he, he felt he, he would not have got there. So that's why he landed on the water. And this explores the real aftermath of the incident. I mean, the, the movie sort of says the, the pilot with this record of great proficiency, more than 40 years' experience, who remained incredibly calm and remarkably so in the face of potential, potential catastrophe, was called upon repeatedly to defend his actions. And that was the part of the story, the one the world did not know, that drew Clint Eastwood to the project. I mean, anybody who keeps their wits about them when things are going wrong, who can negotiate the problems without panicking, is someone of superior character. And Eastwood says, interesting to watch on film. But, but for him, the real conflict came after, with the investigative board questioning his decisions, even though he'd saved so many lives. And Tom Hanks is talking about this. He says, I'm not an aviator, but I know you're not supposed to be able to make a landing like that. This was a very pragmatic man who understood the realities of what he'd done and what it meant. He'll never say he's a hero, but knowing with confidence that he could make that landing, that was the heroic thing he actually did, and he, of course, paid a price for it. That cost was exacted both during the day, Chris, when he and his co-pilot were being interrogated, and at night when Sully was haunted by nightmares about what could have happened. So Sully's a man who's prepared his whole life to do this one impossible thing that he didn't know he was actually preparing for. That's according to the writer who has put this screenplay together. But he says that when you meet him after 10 minutes with a guy, you understand why. And his real name, by the way, Chesley, C-H-E-S-L-E-Y, Captain Chesley Sullenberger. So there's a piece of trivia if you're ever asked that in Trivial Pursuit. Really fascinating, absorbing account of a man who had a job to do, not only did it to the best of his ability, but beyond what had been achieved before. Fortunately, all the boxes had been ticked because the co-pilot as well kept his wits about him. The pair have little more than three and a half minutes, not just one of them, to ensure everyone is plucked to safety safely, if you get my drift. I think Tom Hanks is a great actor and he does a really fine job, both vulnerable and strong here in the face of overwhelming public support for Sully's actions. And he plays the character as a man of great restraint, often unwilling or unable to show great emotion. So Eastwood and the screenwriter have, have done well to bring out the real behind-the-scenes drama, this untold story, ensuring there's tension and a quandary to be thought through, because otherwise, you know, it would have been a reasonably straightforward narrative, but I'm not sure that anybody would be particularly interested because they know the story from the news reports, or we, we remember the news reports. It was January 15, 2009, but it seems relatively fresh in my mind, and I'm not sure about yours. Yeah, it, when was it? It was... Uh, January 15, 2009. Yeah, so... Uh, now, Alex, one thing I'm curious about, and, and I, I don't know whether they make any references in it or not, of course, but uh, being, what, seven and a half years after the 
uh, tragic events where the planes were deliberately crashed into the Twin Towers. This also happened in the skies over New York. Is there any reference? Because there's been you know, a lot of changes made to flight paths around New York, I believe, since 2001. Is there any mo- uh, reference to that in, in, uh, in, in the movie Sully? None whatsoever, actually. It's, it's fascinating. You're, you're quite right. Obviously, changes were made subsequent to that, but none at all. This is purely and simply about the ditching of the plane in the, in the water. And I should say that the screenwriter here is a guy called Todd Komenicki, who did Perfect Stranger. And it's based upon the book Highest Duty that the captain and his co-pilot, Jeffrey Zaslow, played in the movie by Aaron Eckhart, wrote. And the other person of interest here, as far as the cast of characters is concerned, is Laura Lilly. Laura Lilly is cast as Sully's wife, Laurie. And I, I say that that's important because even though he's a very restrained individual, we get a peek at him through the eyes of his wife. And therefore, that's an important role. They, they could have even played that up even further than they did. And Aaron Eckhart, he doesn't have a lot to do. What he does is both is, is very good, but Again, his role is secondary. It really is Tom Hanks' movie. So we get to see the plane ditching on a number of occasions. We see snippets of personal stories from some of those on board. In fact, I actually thought they were the weak points in the narrative because there was not enough substance there. And these passengers, the characters that play passengers, merely served as a distraction from the main game. And I say that notwithstanding the fact that the primary concern, of course, of the captain and the co-pilot was the safety of everyone on board. One, a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Apparently a number of the extras in this movie were those who actually survived. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if I'd want to do that, you know? Yeah, well, I, I was speaking to somebody about that. I didn't get that first hand. I got it second hand. That's what they told me, so I believe that. And do remember to stay on until the credits roll through. Unfortunately, the media screening I attended... There were lots of people who I don't think were media who left before the very end. You know, the credits start, they go out. And you you then fail to see the real Sully and his wife and the survivors shown at the end of the movie, which I think is really, really important. So it was almost, oh, gee, you're being, you know, you're being sacrilegious towards what actually happened. That, that's how I felt while people were sort of streaming out of the cinema. But it is still a very worthwhile movie. Probably not as great a film as some of other some of the others that Clint Eastwood has directed, but it's still most worthwhile seeing. Yeah, I, I'll get your number in a second. I asked you a question back at the beginning, and I, I think if we can get a, 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 just a, a reflection upon this, you talk about how the actual landing is shown and reshown and reshown, mm. and how that perhaps detracts from the movie. Is this a problem because of, as I said at the start, it was a six-minute flight and they've turned it into a movie that goes for more than an hour and a half? Do you think that that's... Oh, no, no. I actually don't think that that's... That didn't worry me at all that we saw that three times. I I thought that was actually worthwhile. What I didn't particularly like was the... I know that they were important, the passengers, but we don't get enough... Okay, gotcha. It's almost like they're cardboard cutouts. That's the bit of the movie that didn't work for me. And you probably did need one or two backstories, but... Yeah, I thought they were a bit clunky. The rest of the film was good. The rest of the film was very, very good. Okay, no problem. So a score for Sully? Seven and a half out of ten. Okay, I am hearing, by the way, I have read a couple of articles suggesting that Tom Hanks may yet again be up for an Oscar for this one, do you reckon? He's very, very good. He's, he's a lot more restrained than we've seen him before. But, yeah, look, I mean, it's a great performance. It's a great performance, no question about that. 
more understated than some of the other things that he's done. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.